Did you know that oxygen is the Earth's most abundant element? It takes a backseat to hydrogen and helium when it comes to the whole universe, but on Earth, oxygen is the one to beat. Right now, you're probably going back to your first chemistry class and thinking, doesn't nitrogen make up almost 80% of the Earth's atmosphere? Don't worry, you're not wrong. But what you're thinking of is molecular oxygen, the gas which makes up almost 21% of our atmosphere and which is known for its chemical formula, O2. Elemental oxygen, however, comes in many shapes and forms. For one, it makes up almost half of the Earth's crust as part of different oxides. But the oxygen we're interested in is trioxygen, O3, more commonly known as ozone. Ozone was discovered in the late 18th century by a Dutch chemist. Martinus van Marum was experimenting with electricity and water when he noticed a particular smell, a smell which he instantly recognized as the odor that follows a bolt of lightning. He called it the odor of electricity. The term stuck. What van Marum failed to note, however, was that he actually synthesized ozone. It would take another 50 years before a German-Swiss chemist, Christian Friedrich Schönbein, noticed the same smell and isolated the chemical. He named the newly discovered gas ozone, from the Greek word ozein, meaning to smell. Now, you're probably wondering how electricity smells. Ozone smells a little bit like chlorine. It smells fresh, clean, much like the air after a storm. And that's because when raindrops break up in the air due to lightning, ozone is created. And because of that fresh smell, ozone was deemed to have health benefits back in the 19th century. Naturalists and those suffering from a variety of conditions sought out areas with supposed higher levels of ozone, such as those at higher altitudes. Ozone therapies became widespread. One city in California called itself the zone of ozone. Even Nikola Tesla patented an ozone generator to clean the air. Keep in mind that all of this was happening during the second industrial revolution. People were just starting to talk about air pollution and to take better care of themselves. One of the inventions from the period that was supposed to help them was the so-called liquid ozone, later named liquazone. Liquazone supposedly cured 37 different diseases, from asthma and rheumatism to tuberculosis and dysentery. It was advertised as liquid oxygen. But even then, many recognized liquazone for what it was, pseudoscience. A famous American investigative journalist from the period, Samuel Hopkins Adams, wrote about liquazone in 1985. It was being advertised as liquid oxygen, that is all. Adams explained that this was total nonsense. Liquid oxygen, he wrote, doesn't exist above a temperature of 110 degrees Celsius below zero. One spoonful would freeze a man's tongue, teeth, and throat to equal solidity before he ever had time to swallow. If he could, by any miracle, manage to get it down, the undertaker would have to put him on the stove to thaw him out sufficiently for a respectable burial. Unquestionably, liquazone, if it were liquid oxygen, would kill germs, but that wouldn't do the owner of the germs much good because he'd be dead before they had time to realize that the temperature was falling. Liquazone was evidently not liquid ozone, but here's the thing, even if it was, it wouldn't do you much good. Ozone is actually poisonous. I know we've been talking about how important ozone is for life on Earth, but that's stratospheric ozone, the so-called good ozone. 
90% of ozone sits in the stratosphere at between 10 and 50 kilometers altitude. So although that ozone provides a shield to protect life on Earth, direct contact with ozone is harmful to both plants, animals, and humans. This was known even back in the 19th century. James Dewar, a British chemist, observed, the inhalation of an atmosphere highly charged with ozone diminished the number of respirations per minute. The pulsations of the heart were reduced in strength, and this organ was found beating feebly after the death of the animal. This ground-level, bad ozone forms when certain gases from vehicle and industrial emissions react with volatile organic compounds. This happens when pollutants emitted by cars, refineries, chemical plants, and other sources chemically react in the presence of sunlight. And now, the ugly part you might not have known. Even though it protects us at higher altitudes, at lower altitudes, ozone is actually one of the main ingredients of smog. Good to remember the next time you hear anything about ozone therapies. Ozone is the latest season of Climate Solutions. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and other podcast platforms. This is Ozone from the European Investment Bank.